What's up, everybody? We are live over here with Backpack Beats, and it's cool. I think you're like the second Twitch person I've actually had on my show. So, Fire! Dope, I've done a dope, lot dope, of dope. these, so like Twitch people, different vibe, and y'all like know it. And it is, it's with it, it's with a Z. You might, you might call it a Z. I call it a Z. It's just, it's just the same letter though. Um, I put that in the title because I thought it would, it would be a fun reminder for me. <laughs> um, it's great to have you here. Um, I, I, uh, this is Bridge the Gap. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. I don't normally do this at 12 p.m. on a freaking Saturday. So I'm adjusting to the time slot, so bear with me, everyone. But this is the show where we go through the lives of interesting people, such as yourself, Mr. Backpack Beats, and learn your story, learn your grind, and you know, then the conversation flows as the conversation flows, and that's basically the whole goal of what we we do over here. Um, on that note. Uh, if to get the ball rolling correctly, I got my my big old opening question. But in order to get that context set up properly, could you just like briefly introduce yourself? Tell us where you're from, and like where you start your life, and a little bit of what you do. Got you for sure. Uh, so for those that don't know, I go by Backpack Beats. Um, I'm a producer. I'm a DJ. I'm an MC. Um, I'm a videographer. I'm a YouTuber. Um. Pretty much a jack of all trades, man. Um, yeah, I'm from originally from a small town in Florida. Um, it's called Milton, Florida. Um, then I moved to Chicago about three years ago. And um, yeah, just been on the grind, man. I've uh, been making beats since probably about 2007. Uh, didn't really get good till about gonna, 2011. We're going to go through all of the, yeah. that part so, of that stuff, trust. But it was really oh, important. Okay, so we go up in Florida. And yo, shut up, Pedican, for the fuck, because yeah. I missed that happening. Um, but uh, yeah, so he starts off in Florida, and then I'm a, so this is why because my opening question. So oh, I gotta update the stream elements. I'll do that when you're giving your answer. Uh, <laughs> so uh, basically, um, my opening question is a bit of a story, and when it lands, you'll be able to take it in whatever direction you want. Um, and it starts off with my girlfriend, and she's washing the dishes one time, and she's got her phone open, and she'd be playing that Black Eyed Peas song, the I got a feeling. Mm-hmm. And she's vibing, she's dancing, she's washing the dishes. She, she actually played it the other day. She like pulled me over to tell me she was playing. Anyway, so she's bumping that, and I'm looking at her that first time, and I'm like, yo, when did this song become chores music? Right? Because like now, this song's role in life is you at the gym, you're doing some chores, you're doing some boring shit, maybe it's a spreadsheet, and you want to have some vibes to go back to the happier times in life because, yo, 10 years back if you think about this track it's like the middle of the night you super drunk club song everybody dancing in happy vibes while this track's on and then all of a sudden you know a decade goes by the song doesn't change because it's a song and they don't really change much but we change so much the context in our lives evolves so much that now this is the chores music the exercise music etc and i thought that was like wild it got me thinking about how these 20-year-olds be running around doing their things and have no idea that they're going to be doing chores to that music one day. And they also don't know that we are doing chores to their club music right fucking now. They just don't know that club music equals chores music type thing. Um, And that got me thinking about the evolution of stuff. Because as musicians, and this is especially true if you watch like interviews and stuff, musicians kind of like always start this story around the point where they form identity around adolescence usually i discovered hip-hop at this point i started writing rhymes at this point 
our first favorite rapper is this point. Not promise the first music this guy heard was not his first favorite rapper type thing, right? The story of our music and our journey, because it is a journey, it goes back to like the day we born. Like there was probably up in some hospital that you was at, some music playing in the room and the little baby you was absorbing that, not even knowing about it. So all of that really starts us off. Like I can't remember being like five in Montreal in the apartment my dad's got these gray boxes all over the the radio the tape decks the the amplifier the going out to the speakers and all these different things and then in the daytimes would be a lot of tapes like the led zeppelins and shit at nighttime yo the montreal clubs right it would be streamed right to the radio so it'd be a lot of mc mario club mixes and shits like that my mom's though she's more like musicals and love songs and a bunch of other vibes and things and then all of this is stuff that I was forced to listen to. I had no control over the situation until I got much older. But all of that greatly impacted me as an artist and all the different things I do on my journey. So I was hoping, Mr. Backpack Beats, you could bring us back to the youngest Backpack Beats you can remember being. And walk us through a bit like what it sounded like to be, the vibes, what your parents was into, the, the world around you, the technologies, all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So for sure, um, I mean, it really goes back it really goes back to my grandparents, right? So um, my my grandfather, he he's a musician. He's played the saxophone since he was like, shoot, maybe 13, 14. Okay. Um, he, yeah, he was in the army. Um, he was in the army. He was in the army band, uh, played saxophone in the army band. And um, uh, when he had his kids, um, you know, I have, uh, he had three. So the the one rule in the house uh uh the one rule in his house is that everybody had to play an instrument right so my mom played the clarinet my aunt played the flute my uncle played uh played the saxophone as well so i say all that to say that that kind of trickled down into my household also so uh you know little little me little me as far as like what my mom was listening to i i didn't give my mom enough credit uh i didn't like it's weird, you know. Sometimes you think your parents listen to listen to whack music or something like Absolutely. that. Uh, whenever, yeah, when they get older. But so it it kind of clouded my vision of uh, kind of the the music head that my mom was. Um, whenever she was an adult, she was in the army. She uh, was actually uh, she actually did a lot of time in Germany. So uh, in this, you know, this is you know early '90s. Whenever you have, you know, you can get CDs. That's all you, you know could get or whatever. So. Uh, I still have my mom's CDs from now. So she has pretty much everything that you can think of from late 80s to at least early mid 2000s. So that was kind of the stuff that we were, um, that was, you know, we were listening to in the house, you know, a lot of Mary J. Blige, um, pretty much anything bad boy, um, pretty much anything bad boy. What else? Um, What else were we listening to, man? Just like a lot of, a lot of the good neo soul music, um, not really, uh, not really a crazy, crazy amount of rap um, until maybe I got about ten, eleven that I can distinctly remember. Yeah. But um, yeah, just a lot of a lot of really, really good R and B, a lot of a lot of good new jack swing and and different things like that. But it didn't really start. It didn't really start taking a hold of me until uh, so like ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one ish. For some reason, like my mom, my mom doesn't like uh, she doesn't like Kanye, she doesn't like Jay Z, but for some odd reason, uh, Jay Z's Blueprint One was uh, was just chilling in a cabinet in, a, in an abandoned CD case. 
So uh, I remember going to basketball camp. We had a week, uh, we had a week basketball camp. And, you know, we didn't, uh, this is whenever I had a Walkman um, or like a CD man, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, trying to fit a CD player into your pocket. You remember that? Yes. Um, yes, I do remember yeah. that. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, see, took you back. Um, so I remember that was the only CD that I had. So I'll listen to that. I listened to that front to back for an entire week. And that's really what, uh, that was like the one thing, the one project that really, uh, that really just grabbed, you know, I gravitated towards. And yeah, how old were you when you found that? I don't know. How old were you at that point? So this was, this was like 2002. So I was like 10, 10, 11. All right, so let's run it yeah. back before you were 10 or 11. So let's say the music yeah. didn't captivate you to that point. What kinds of other stuff was you up to as a little one? Was you a dancer with all the music? Was you a dryer? Was you vibing out to different sports and things? Um, Yeah, basketball all day. Basketball. Basketball. Like, you see the hat. You see the, the hoodie. Basketball. Like, that's that's my that's been my thing, uh, you know, since I was at least four, you know, uh, it was basketball and it was inline skating, which is, you know, which is very what's, random. What's inline skating exactly? So you just, you know, skating. So like, you remember like, so you remember the X games, like in the nineties, like whenever you had like skateboarding, but then you had like skating or like rollerblading. Oh, uh, so yeah. So like rollerblading. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, we would, like, oh, I was, okay, okay, it was okay, right. Yeah. Okay. Cause yeah. I think skating, I think ice. I'm up in Canada yeah. and shit, so it's my friend. That makes sense. Okay. So yeah, you know, you're talking like the sense. roller rinks with like the fucking DJ playing and all the the yeah, all of that. Yeah. Okay, I did that a couple yeah. times. That shit's litty. Yeah, 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 for sure. I don't do it anymore, but you know, yeah, I did it back in the day for sure. That's cool though. You were doing all the tricks and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the only black kid in my neighborhood, so you know that's just what we were doing. You know, that, that's what everybody was doing at the time. So if I wanted to go out and, and not play basketball and find something else to do, that was that was a thing to do, you know? When you were a kid, though? That's a yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, That's really cool, man. Like, I think it's cool as, like, an adult thinking back. I don't mm -hmm. know how cool it is to other people. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you. But that's also yeah. really impactful, right? Because if you think about it, that's a heavy music environment. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, even whenever I was doing that, like basketball was my thing, you know, uh, skating was my thing. But, uh, you know, I was talking about Jay-Z, but an, uh, the other thing that really, really influenced me. So so when I say basketball, right, I played, but then I would also watch, uh, I would also watch like the N1 mixtapes and uh, and uh, I think the Nautic and like all of that stuff. Um, so it was N1 mixtapes and it was actually Tony Hawk uh, that really, uh, that really, really got me, uh, you know, really wanted to listen to more hip-hop because i remember uh i got playstation 2 for christmas the first game that i played was tony hawk 3 you Ooh. know so yeah so so basketball and one mixtapes tony hawk that's what really just gelled me you know and, and really i wonder really how made many me fall people out there got into hip-hop specifically because of the tony hawk pro skaters yeah exactly bro like it's crazy like even when I think about it, even like Tony Hawk one, just going back and listening to the soundtrack, uh, the soundtrack for the games and all that stuff, it's just ridiculous what you what you come across. You know, you got most dev, uh, you know, KRS one, Gangstar, like all of that stuff, you know, and you know, when you're a kid and you know YouTube isn't out yet and stuff like that, um, you know, that's that's really like your only 
only form of, of getting music if your parents aren't buying it for you, you know? Yeah, I feel you. And I remember sports games, if I really think about it, um, was a huge part of it. Like, there was a Del the Funky Homo Sapiens song that I know I only learned because of video games. Yeah, like, better exactly. wash your ass. ass if you must. If you must, must you exactly. Your t- I'm like, why do I? And then it got gets you curious, right? Because that yeah, song's wild. Exactly. It's like, yeah. is he really doing a whole track about, like, hygiene? Or else she'll be funky. I love that song, bro. It's a banger, yeah. but I don't know if it's because I heard it 3,000 times playing that Tony too. Hawk. Every, mm-hmm. I think Blood Brothers by Papa Roach was on one of these soundtracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all of these tracks over here, yeah, the Superman track. Is it, uh, yeah. So here I am. Tony Hawk doing everything, yeah. I everything I can. Everything I can. Oh my gosh. That brings yeah. me back. Yeah, the, exactly. The, the, for me, it was the first two games. But then mm-hmm. my, okay. My brother could make mm-hmm. money gambling on Tony Hawk scores. Wow. I'm talking like he can hold the combo five, six minutes past the two-minute timer. Wow. Religiously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't play That's Tony crazy. Hawk a lot. When your little yeah. brother mercs you so hard that your 50,000 feels small. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. When he, he's, you got 50,000 when he's got 50 million. So. That's not hyperbole. <laughs> that is a regular. My, and it didn't matter the Tony Hawk game. Mm-hmm. He'd find mm-hmm. every hack, everything. He'd break the game. I'm like, how the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since he's like exactly. 13. Yeah. But, he, he, he has no strategy guide. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that game was wild. I didn't even For think sure. about that. That's crazy. Impactful. Video games and music is something nobody yeah. really brings up, but probably is something that hit all of us of a certain age. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So you basically get that Jay-Z tape when you're 10. Uh, how does that like impact you? Just... um. I I heard I heard nothing like that, you know. So um, I guess going back a little bit, uh, you know, living in my when I was talking about everybody in the household had to play an instrument. I played. I started when I was six. I played drums and uh, drums and keys. So um, I would play for I would play for our church, and um, I was the main drummer for our church. And then uh, I was just playing for like our youth choir whenever um, I was playing uh, keys, and. Uh, you know, so I was always around that, like three, you know, three days a week, you know, if we're practicing, if we're going to church, if we're going somewhere, doing something. So, you know, it's always like Kirk Franklin or like some of these other things that I'm listening to when I'm not listening to my mom's music. So just listening to that, um, you know, and then like if you're watching BET or MCV or something like that, yeah, you heard H to the Izzo and stuff like that. So, um, but then like whenever I heard, the album, like I didn't know, I didn't know who Just Blaze was. I didn't know who Kanye was at the moment, um, or as a producer. Um, I didn't know who Kanye was. I didn't know who Knotts was or anything like that. Ooh, but I just knew too. Yeah, exactly. So like I, whenever I heard that, I was like, I've never heard anything like this in my entire life. Like this is not Lil Romeo. This is great music. You know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> I like that you said that. <laughs> That's a that's a good comment. Yeah. Um. So basically, you get into it from the music point, and I guess you already have that foundational element of playing music at that point. Do you have a desire to be an artist, or is it still like you're a fan of this and you're doing the church thing? Um, I did, I did, cause you know, like whenever you're in school, you know, you have you know your friends or whatever. You know, it's like I, I can rap. 
So, you know, we'll be on the bus, you know, we'll be throwing out little two-liners and having like a cipher for the most part, um, you know, just doing that. And then I was like, oh, I have some sort of talent. Let me try it. You know what I mean? So I would, I was already sort of making my own beats, just like recording stuff on a keyboard that I had, um, you know, just recording stuff on a little keyboard that I had and just making songs. I would make songs for my church and stuff like that. And, uh, I actually used to be in uh, I used to be in this uh, this gospel rap group. Me and a couple of my friends, uh, we were called Word. yeah, we were uh, we were called KFC, and uh, KFC was an acronym and it uh, meant Kingdom for Christ. So like we would go out around uh, you know around different parts of Florida. We would go like different parts of uh, Alabama and like stuff in, uh, in the southern region of the states, and like we would do shows at like different churches and stuff like that. And this is like 13, 14, you know, so. When I was like doing this, I was like, oh, I, I got kind of a knack for this. You know, I can I can go ahead and try it, you know. So yeah. I appreciate that. That's fucking dope. So tell us more about being in that group. Y'all were y'all making songs. Tell us more about this. How many people be teenage gospel Christian folk out there doing your thing like that? <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Um, there was cause this is so this is like oh four, oh five ish, right? So this is there was there was a time whenever uh, whenever gospel rap was just like a thing like it still wasn't like accepted by everybody yet this but, is like uh, the cross movements and shit cross time. movement exactly yes this is what i was listening to like i was listening to cross movement i was listening to lecrae when he just dropped oh my um, gosh yeah like you know like people like that so that was that was what we were listening to at the time you know um you know like whenever i was uh, whenever I was out in the streets, I would listen to the radio. But then whenever I was at church, you know, we would listen to, you know, all of that stuff. So whenever whenever it was that time, it was just we had like a small circle of just uh, of just like really good artists that were just around the city uh, or that was around like surrounding states. So, and we were the young we were the young guns, like we were the youngest people doing it. So it was me, uh, uh, one of my other guys named David um and his father was uh was the pastor of one of the churches and he had like all of the good recording equipment and all that so we would just go over to the church and just record on acid pro and uh and all of that stuff getting beats this soundcloud's not out. i don't know if you remember sound click but um yeah I yeah bro. sound click yeah. for the record sound click is still there and it is Seriously? a wide library of free beats just there Jeez. right now wow the same free beats that were there mm -hmm. then. That's crazy. I, I I swear I haven't been on I haven't been on SoundClick in at least at least fifteen years. I, I can I can yeah a, at least fifteen years. So like we would we would get a couple before I was making beats like for real for real. Um, uh, we would uh, we would get beats off of there and then we would just recording record an acid probe, you know, have a little demo and then like, you know, perform some of these songs out throughout the city. So yeah, it, it was a, it was a dope time for sure. It was it like Christian events. Yeah. Like we would just go like to different churches and stuff. That's a wild circuit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know that like the, cause I went to, I was like involved in the youth group for a minute. I wanted these churches mm -hmm. and I was a teenager and they used to like, there'd be like these random Ontario Christian bands that would get these, like mm -hmm. come through, but they get like venues. It wouldn't be like, yeah. they wouldn't be like full, but they'd still get the venues and they'd still like be like bigger scale and you'd pay your 20 bucks and whatever, whatever. 
So it's like I could see how that could be like really huge experience points learning how to perform and like and you're yeah. all like like young teenagers and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. I remember I was like 14, 15. We were performing at uh we were performing at a local church and uh this is when uh this is when Curtis Blow Curtis Blow uh, became like super reformed and he started making uh, gospel rap music. So we opened up for uh, we opened up for Curtis Blow and it was it was pretty crazy. I didn't get to meet him personally, but um, like it was it was super super tight though. That's still a huge teenage flex. Is this what it is? Yeah, it's a big one. <laughs> so you're, you're running yeah, that for a minute for sure. Um, do you guys actually release music as well? Like, are you dropping things or? Um. I'm trying to think. I think like we just had like a little demo that we would just kind of pass out, but it wasn't anything. Uh, it wasn't anything like super serious, I guess. Um, well, it was serious to me, but um, but yeah, we didn't do anything. Uh, we didn't do anything like monetize off of it or anything like that. So it was had like a little demo and tried to shop it around, and that was pretty much it. Right. Um. So I guess what happens after that, like what break, what ends the that group, I suppose. Um, I'm trying to think what, what did end it? I think one of the guys just dropped out and then we just kind of like disbanded after that because like we were in high school. So, um, you know, we, we stopped, we stopped when I was probably about, probably about 16. So like we did it for about two, three years and, um, we all got in high school and we got busy. Um, like whenever I was in high school, I played basketball, I ran track. You know, I did a couple of other things, you know, being involved in school. And I just didn't have time to do a whole bunch of stuff anymore. So uh, so I think part of that and, you know, all of us just kind of growing and growing apart, I guess, for the most part. So, yeah, that's probably why. That makes a lot of sense. It just kind of happened now that I think about it. <laughs> so I guess in high school, how does it progress for you? How, so repeat that question again. Yeah, how does like high school that. progress for you with that? So you guys, you're at this point now, I guess there's more sports and other things going on. Are you still like yeah. involved in music? You're still playing instruments? Like mm-hmm. with regards to all of that, do you just end up doing new things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, in middle school, uh, while I was actually doing all of this, I played in our middle school band. Um, I was just like, played like a whole bunch of different percussion instruments. So it was like snare, bass, timpani, uh, xylophone, all of that stuff. Um, I stopped doing that in eighth grade because I was just like, nah, I'm not doing this in high school. I'm not putting a uniform on and, and marching at the football games. I'm good on that. Um, I was like, I want to play sports. So I, uh, yeah, so I went on with the high school. I played, uh, I played basketball all four years. I ran track all four years also. Um, so I did that. And this is whenever I really, really started to, uh, I really started to make beats. So, um, like I said, I started making beats in 07. So this is like my uh, my freshman year. So uh, I remember my uh, one of my homies that I rode the bus with, uh, he had FL Studio 6. He had FL Studio 6. Um, so I was like, yo, let me uh, let me take the let me let me take your CD home so I can install it because I didn't know anything about cracks or torrents or anything like that. And plus, I was on my mom's computer, so I wasn't trying to kill it. So uh, so, yeah, I, I get that on an old gateway computer. And uh, we just started making beats and, and going from there. I remember my, my first couple of beats were, first couple of beats were terrible, terrible. But then this is whenever I was getting into Kanye. Um, like Kanye is like my favorite artist. Like I don't care like about any of 
the stuff that's going on now, but like he's my favorite artist. And as far as like production, like whenever I heard College Dropout, I heard no production like that. So I wanted to try and make beats like that. And then, yeah, uh, just gotta, Ismael, you know, I was. Ismail has a question for you. Um, okay. Do you remember the first sample you ever used? Yes. The first, I was, funny thing, I was just about to say that the first sample that I used, You're All I Need from the Isley Brothers. That was the first, that was the first sample that I used. Um, beat wasn't good at all. The, the beat was, the beat was terrible. Um, I think I still have it somewhere, some, on some burnt CD in my storage or something. Um, yeah, that was the, that was the first beat that I sampled. But, um, you know, I was, I was making beats on an old gateway computer and, uh, just trying to progress from there, man. So I did that all four years. You know, I had a couple friends who, you know, were trying to rhyme and stuff. So I would just, you know, throw them some trash beats because that's all I had. So, uh, you know, we would do that for a little bit in high school and that was it. And I was still trying to rhyme. So I, I went solo. Um, so I, I was still doing, I was doing gospel rap until I was about 17. Um, so I was about 17. And so I was making my own beats then and uh, throwing them. I, I didn't release any of them. I just threw them on, I threw them on MySpace. And, uh, you know, I had like a, a good five joints on MySpace, you know, so that, that was my whole thing throughout, uh, throughout high school. Yeah, I got a question. What is your favorite yeah. of the gospel church songs? Uh, as far as, uh, as far as rap? Nah, um, just like all the gospel oh, just church gospel songs? songs. Like what's your favorite like church song? I think, man, because so many of them. Because I have to play, I had to play so many of them. That's too. why I'm curious what your um, thoughts are, because it's different yeah. than when you're just singing it with the congregation. I, I, at the top of my head, I can't put a finger on it, honestly. Um, I, I really, I really couldn't answer it, bro. Because like, man. so, so many is just running through here, and I just can't pick just one. Like, so pick, like pick I can give you, I can give you an artist. I can give you an artist for sure. Um, like Kirk Franklin's always a go-to. Um, Fred Hammond is always a go-to. Mary Mary um, is always a go-to. Also, um, really anything from Mary Mary. Uh, just because like they're that's whenever whenever I heard like somebody people like Mary Mary. That's whenever you could kind of hear kind of like a commercial sort of appeal. Um, a commercial appeal with like gospel music like you could play it on you know radio or any day other than a sunday for the most part so yeah th those are my those are my go-to's as far as artists but i can't give you a song per se that's fair i felt that with what's that fucking shit i'm failing to remember this is one rock band that dropped a track in like 94 that was fucking super alternative grunge shit um it'll pop into my head in a bit but like yeah, there's a few of them when you hear like or DC talks fucking Jesus freak or things like that where like they just like slap. In I was, way. bro, I was about to say uh, diverse city from Toby Mac, bro. Mm. That was that was the joint in middle school. <laughs> but yeah, like those kinds That's of things, funny. like I would hear because yo, I was really into like, and then when I got to like call, we have this thing called Seja. It's like the last year of your high school and the first year of your university, and it's a whole separate school thing in the middle. Mm. Well, I was in that shit. I was in the Christian fellowship. So like the only rule you could only play Christian music in that room. So I started like delving back into time and looking for like what mm. sounded dope. Turned out the metal scene was really lit at that time for Christian yeah, music. Yeah. <clears throat> Wasn't like corn or like people like that or something like, uh, 
the like, guitarist from some group. the guitarist from Corn at that point had quit to go because he became Christian and could no longer maintain the hedonistic lifestyle associated with Corn mm-hmm. and their music. But it was stuff mm-hmm. like like As I Lay Dying and a and a you know Demon Hunter and a bunch of these other bands. You know the shit was like better than the mainstream alternative. It was like the only time I like, was like, whoa, that is mm-hmm. the mainstream. Like that is the dopest right. shit, and I was like, "That's not common," you know. And it's all the Christian right. bands for some reason lashing out like that. But it was, it was really a, a good time, like for a lot of groups, kind of like create that legitimate vibe with it and, and cross over. And I remember a lot of the purists in the church, like the older heads. It's the same thing like hip hop. The older head Christians yeah. would be like, "Nah, yeah. that ain't like yeah. morose praising Jesus at slow tempo music. It's not right." that that's worldly music yeah i'm like yo but like they praising god exactly no it's not (laughs) i have to back here that's fair though (laughs) so you do so you do the gospel stuff till 17 but what makes you like not do it anymore i don't know i just kind of i just kind of grew away from it not um i didn't grow away from like the religion i just grew away from the music um, cause it just wasn't what I was listening to anymore at the time. Um, so it just kind of, I don't know. It just kind of happened. Um, I guess it's a, I guess it's a blur for the most part. I just don't like the memories a little hazy, but I don't, it wasn't anything, uh, it wasn't anything major that, uh, that, uh, kind of turned me away from making the music it just kind of happened. I feel that. So, yeah. um, I guess you finished high school not long after that, and you're already mm-hmm. at this point a rapping, beat making guy who knows how to perform. That mm-hmm. is a pretty jack skill set for future endeavors at this point. True. <laughs> so, uh, true, what, true. so what happens after high school? Uh, what happens after high school? I go to college. Um, go to Florida A&M University. Fam, you we're like legit right down the street from Florida State. Um, so yeah, and this is um, I guess backtracking before I go here. Um my name before my name my name before backpack um i used to go by living proof um i have no idea where the name came from it just kind of happened um so i still i still went by living proof whenever i got to college but this is whenever uh this is whenever like my my uh what's the word i'm looking for this is whenever the style just changed completely. This is like whenever I actually got good. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I was doing. So um, I get to college first week. This is pretty much the, this goes into how I got my name also. So uh, my freshman year, I've never been around so many other people that could rhyme, right? So well, um, for those that don't know, uh, FAMU, Florida a and uh, where, uh, we're HBCU, Historical Black College and University. So um, it's really like 97% black what people that? that go there. Okay, that's like an actual designation thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, with I'm HBCUs... In, just remember, I'm in Canada, uh, so some of this yeah. stuff isn't inherent. <clears throat> yeah, let me... Uh, I'll explain it then. So, um, so like I said, HBCU is a Historical Black College and University. They are mainly... They're mainly the colleges that... Uh, They've been here since like uh, a lot of them have been here since like the eight, late 1800s. So these were the colleges that the black people went to for higher education because of segregations and other higher education okay. systems, right? So um, a lot of these, a lot of these schools, uh, 
a lot of these schools, um, what am I saying? A lot of these schools, like in the southern southern region of the, uh, the southern region of the states, um, a lot of a lot of important people actually graduated from HBCUs. Also, like uh, a lot of them, uh, there's a, a college in uh, Washington D.C. called Howard. Um, let me see. Like Kamala Harris has graduated from there. Uh, DJ Drama, Diddy. Uh, let me see. Diddy's graduated from there uh let me see who else and then like you have other hbcus then like my with my school we had a lot of important people graduate from there also um like let me see we have uh we have common he went to school there okay uh i don't know if you're familiar with the producer needles uh he graduated from there uh if, if you watch that so raven uh raven's mom uh hmm. she graduated from there uh let me see who else, man. Just like a bunch of there's a, there's a couple more important people that graduated from there also. Um, but, that you might be uh, that you might be familiar with. But, but yeah, that's, these are the colleges that what? black people had to go to prior to segregation. Mm -hmm. So basically, to yeah, this day, exactly, where mostly a lot of black people go yeah. still because yeah, of life. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So um, so I say all that to say uh. When I when I was in high school, I'll say it like this: When I was in high school, my graduating class were five hundred, and um, nine of us nine of us were other. So uh, not not just not just black. Nine of us were minorities out of the five hundred, right? So whenever I go from high school to college, I've never seen this many people that could rhyme because it's ninety seven percent black people. You know what I mean? So uh, you know, I go there, and this is whenever. I guess this was like right before people like really just started making beats like how you how you kind of knew maybe like five people who made beats and then like all of a sudden 50 people 50 million people make beats now so um you know we would we would go to the ciphers you know this is the first week of school like I, i've never seen this many people rhyme in a cipher so uh i usually carry my laptop with me everywhere i go because i got fl studio you know i started making beats on uh fruity loops so um i stopped making beats of fruity loops probably like 2012. so uh i, I usually carry my laptop with me because i'm either in my dorm room i'm either in the cafeteria i'm either somewhere i got my laptop i'm making beats so um uh so these people they're they're ciphering with no with no beats so I pull my laptop, which has the beats out of my backpack, played beats, Same and the name stuck. Word. Backpack beats. So um, so yeah, so I say all that to say this is whenever I started making beats in college. Uh still rhyming. Uh I remember I bought uh this is whenever the uh the snowball, the snowball had uh, came out, the USB mic. Yo, uh, I had yeah, me one of yeah. them. Yeah, everybody. The ball, did, you right? know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, exactly. $70, so, um, you could afford that motherfucker. Exactly. Mm-hmm, exactly. So I definitely used, uh, used some financial aid, went to Best Buy and grabbed one. So uh, I remember I was the, uh, in my dorm, in my dorm, on my floor, I was, uh, I was the only person, I was the only person that had a mic. So my dorm room became the studio for everybody who was trying to rhyme. So um, I remember we go to class, we go to class from eight o'clock, you know, nine o'clock, however you set your schedule till about four o'clock. Then from 
five o'clock or six o'clock to about five in the morning, you know, where we're making like a lot of people on my floor, maybe the floor before, um, you know, we would come, everybody would be in our, in our dorm, making beats, making music and uh, shout out to my roommate, Caleb. Um, he is from, uh, I'd never met him until I got to college and uh, just so happened that he was a DJ. So uh, we all, we just clicked, we clicked just like that on the first day. So he's DJing, I'm making beats, I'm bringing people in, we're rhyming, we're making beats and that really sharpened my skills and really got me going from there. Yeah, it's wild to think about it. So like I dropped out of university cause like I was in psychology and it felt bleak because at the time it was like mm. a 10 years to no job and everyone was saying there's no money in this field and i'm like oh shit and so i dropped out it wasn't the move for me <laughs> but i didn't know at the time the incubator nature of the social structure of universities and colleges and sure <laughs> i'm like hearing what you're describing here it's like that's actually kind of worth some money down the line just to have <laughs> that kind <laughs> of like fishbowl environment that forces people to like collaborate like that like y'all wouldn't have linked up if you weren't in that dorm room like that's just the realities yeah, exactly. of the situation yeah, exactly. and at the end of the day y'all probably got some hella interesting experiences out of running your own little dorm room studios and shit and just yeah. the ethic the grind the i can just imagine the encouragement like you can't slack if eight other people be down to ride mm -hmm. exactly and then like you know when you're with all of these people you're either if they don't tell you you're going to find out you know if you have a whack verse or if you have a whack beat or you know um you know so just being in that circle just helps you sharpen sharpen your sword so much because everybody's out here sparring you know so if you know so if you you know need help with a rhyme or you know it's just a it's just wu-tang but just with 50 people you know what i mean so it was just sharpening you know sharpening the sword so that's wild. Were you doing a lot of performing and stuff over that period too? Um, freshman year probably not. Uh, because we were so that's really just all fresh. That's just all freshman year. There's still the rest. This of is it. all freshman year. Say word. Yeah, this is all freshman year. Yeah, we didn't. I didn't really start performing until uh, still probably about 2000, 2011, 12. Cause uh, the thing with uh, the thing with the city that our uh, the thing that the city that our uh, that our college is in, they didn't really show love to rap. So, um, you know, they, they didn't like the extra curriculars that came with, uh, with doing a rap show. So, um, stuff didn't really start opening up. So like 2011, 2012. So if it wasn't something that was going on on our campus, um, you know, then we weren't, you know, we were just in the lab, just creating, but, uh, that, that freshman, sophomore year, we, we had a lot of college shows. Uh, yeah. So, but, um, so like 2011, 2012, that's whenever we really start, we really start getting active, just uh, doing shows and, and all of that stuff. So that was whenever stuff just started going, you know, people would notice us, people would notice us, you know, go to another city, people will notice us over there and we're still going to school. We still got to go to class in the morning, you know, so we would take care of all of that. Yeah, that's wild. We got like, yeah. so were you a collective? Yeah, so um, my freshman year, we had uh, we had a collective. We were called uh, we were called High Class Entertainment. Um, I still got the T-shirt in my room, actually. Um, yeah, High Class Entertainment. So we would uh, we would do the music, 
we would do the music. But uh, my roommate, who was a DJ, he would also promote parties and stuff at, uh, at the various clubs and stuff. Because the city, the city that are uh, like I'm in Tallahassee, Florida. So this is where the college is at. So Tallahassee is the capital of Florida. So okay, with, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. See, with uh, with Tallahassee, if you have the Capitol building, but you have three different uh, three different colleges and universities that are there. So you have uh, you have the local community college, you have Florida State, and then right down the street you have FAMU. So College City party, 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 party every every day except for Sunday for the most part. So um so we would I would handle the music side. Um you know we had a couple projects that uh, that we dropped uh, that we dropped, and then uh, my my guy Caleb he would handle the uh, the promotion side and all of that. So um. Yeah, that's that's what we were doing so pro- uh, for probably about three years. So it was it was pretty dope. That's why. Did you have merch and all that good stuff? I guess you had a no, hoodie with we it. We didn't. But like, no, nah, we didn't actually. We just uh, we had stuff for us, but we didn't have stuff that we were selling. Mm. Um, we we had the we had the mind state to do it. We just didn't have the funds okay. to do it. Yeah. So like, we we were already in that mode. Um, I remember uh. My roommate, he bought a heat press and, and all of that stuff. So, you know, we, we had the mindset. We just had to have the uh, – we didn't have the proper funds to really do what we uh, what we really wanted to do, you know. It definitely makes sense. So yeah. I guess uh, what happens after the, the college phase? Got you. Um, shoot. I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to realize I'm really long winded I'm I haven't even got to 2013 yet. Jeez. No, this is so good. let me. This, um, is, this is the goal. That's what this show yeah. is. We're not oh, the perfect. we're not the one where you answer it all with time limits and shit. We're like the other word. one. Word. So yeah, let me. Um, I'll, I'll power through some of this thing. So I don't even have to um, power through it, my guy. If no, I have be, to think about it. We do I have, part I have to two think if there's it. that much detail. That's how it goes. Word. Nah, it's not that much. It's not that bad. Um. So uh, along with along with this, I I come out with like two projects as living proof, and then I just drop the whole living proof moniker, and then I just stay backpack beast the entire time. So my thing, uh, my major, my major that I uh, majored in uh, broadcast journalism. So uh, with uh, with my school, That's we're cool. yeah. So we're my school is probably like top five as far as journalism program in the states. So uh, we were like super, super serious with everything that we were doing. But uh, so like we would we would always have people like I got homies that work for ESPN right now. I have homies that work like for all these like different major uh, news networks and stuff in the States. Um, so that's what we were doing. But I didn't want to do any of that. I wanted to write for double XL. You know, that was that was my hope. That was my whole thing because music music was my thing. So while I was in college, everybody knew me, everybody knew me as the guy that make beats and the guy that was on the radio. Cause I did college radio uh, from my sophomore year up until I graduated. So uh, I ran three different shows. I, I did a talk show, I did an old school show and my claim to fame is my is my hip hop show that I did. So I was the only person- so Tell us about I was, your claim to fame hip hop show. Yeah, I got you. Um, so I, I ran a hip hop show called The Heart of the City, and I was the one that was playing new music, old school music, and the main thing that I always played was local music. It was a three hour show, so um, I would do one hour of just all the new music that was coming out, you know, because this is blog era. So um, you know, anything that was hot uh, coming out, uh, coming out new, I would always play that. 
uh, did an hour for old school. And then I dedicated an entire hour to playing local artists because uh, our major stations didn't play anybody local. So I was the only person that was, uh, it was kind of like a stretch and Bobbito sort of situation. Um, you know, everybody would submit music. And if I thought it was dope, then I would play it on the show. You know, so everybody, that's how I got a really big network. And I was able to start doing a lot of shows in the city because I was able to put all of these artists on and give people an ear to what we were doing. And we were FM, we're FM station. So, uh, you know, everybody was able to listen to it in the car. You know, you're just uh, scrolling through uh, stations and stuff. So everybody knew that at 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock PM, you're listening to my show. So uh, that was the thing that I did for, for a couple of years for sure. Yeah, what's actually what's really cool about that is in theory if they're all registered on the BMIs and the app scans and shit, you get that like radio money. Yeah, exactly. Small and the scale, thing about it <laughs> Yeah, the the thing about it, we were not. We were not educated at all. Like uh that was that was around the time coming I mean, like we're you know, we're nineteen, twenty, twenty one. We're trying to we were trying to learn it ourselves for the most part, just trying to figure out everything, you know, what is, what is a sample clearance? How do I register this? All of that stuff. So everything got really, really hazy for a lot of us as artists and producers. Um, so yeah, it was, it was crazy, but like around the, uh, you know, around the time doing all of this, I'm still, I'm still making beats. So I would, uh, and this is whenever I got really, really, really good um, that I, I, I felt at the time. Uh, making beats finally got my first placement i got my first placement like 2013 um yeah dj uh dj mick boogie um he had a uh he did a a compilation a a compilation with adidas called uh brooklyn originals so uh this had like a whole bunch of artists from brooklyn so i uh i did a joint with uh with cj fly and uh and kirk knight from pro era um, called called I Ain't Late. It's a really good record. Um, it's dated, but it's a really good record. Uh, that was my first. That was my first uh, sample or my first uh, placement. And then the balls just started rolling from there. So you know, I, I had a couple. You know, I did a couple things from that level, um, but did a lot of stuff locally. And that was that was what was really sharpening my sword and making me into a better producer. Yeah, that's wild. So basically, how do you get placements? Um, shoot, man, just. This is when Instagram was just like beginning to to pop, uh, but I was still on Twitter crazy. Uh, you know, I was like I said, I'm always searching for music. Uh, you know, being a DJ and radio host and stuff. So you know, I'm looking at these artists and I'm like, "Yo, you're dope. Let me send you some beats." And uh, you know, from there, you know, just hit it off with a couple of different artists, and that's you know, that's how that's how I got it because in in Florida, um, in Florida, there's not like from this as far as the mainstream level there wasn't like a whole bunch of like hardcore hip-hop you know what i mean a lot of it was a lot of like commercial hip-hop that uh that was getting played on the radio um not like necessarily hardcore hip-hop artists so like all all of the artists that i was listening to you know they're new york east coast like you know stuff like that and uh so i would that's who i was really gravitating towards to uh, to send these beats to so a, a lot of a lot of hopping in Twitter DMs, a lot of a lot of cold emails and, and all of that stuff. So yeah, that's that's how we got the ball rolling. So basically, you you just put in a lot of really long work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, for sure. 
I just find it like I mean, you end up having conversations, and a lot of times you wonder how, how like that's the big question, and the answer yeah. always just seems to be like. I messaged a lot of people or I put myself into places where I met a lot of people and then via process of elimination, I found a few. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like going out to going out to festivals, um, going out to festivals. It's like down here in Atlanta, um, they have the, the A3C festival. And, um, that's like, that was like the, that was the the spot where you could actually see a lot of these underground artists in person um and i actually did uh, i did a beat battle i was in two beat battles there um this is 2013 i had two beat battles in there and uh i remember the the first i thought i was nice i thought i was nice because i was like one of the nicest in uh in my city and i i thought i was nice till i got to atlanta and i did this uh first round first round i remember the producer still his name's black metaphor um he's got i think he's got a grammy now i think he's got a couple grammys now at this point um but uh yeah it was, it was crazy and i remember um i don't know if you listened to the games album uh the red album um but he's got uh the game has this joint called uh, called ali Bumaye, and he played that beat black metaphor produced that beat and played that beat in the first round of a beat battle against me i was out i was devastated but i went back home and just got back on the grind man, and just started emailing artists again and, and hopping in the dms again yeah i guess that's that because people know the beat and then yeah they're gonna yeah, go it which was, beat do y'all like better yeah exactly it, it was it was crazy yeah uh, that's definitely a real i guess that happens eh? like you think you're in a situation i've had that i've had met a few people where i'm like oh say a word i don't mm -hmm. have accolades next to you i haven't done mm -hmm. anything next to some people mm -hmm. i've met and i'm like okay that's humility yeah I gotta go work harder <laughs> though gotta go do my exactly mm-hmm exactly so yeah <clears throat> uh, it's, but still like it's cool that you traveled and like put that <laughs> put that effort into like getting out there and, and creating the opportunities so i yeah, guess what happens sure. after 2013 just started grinding bro just just really grinding it out um the the hip-hop scene in the city was actually really good we actually had some talented artists um that were doing stuff and i was you know everybody knew if you wanted to rap you know you you come to me for uh for a dope beat if you're not getting it off of youtube you know so um you know, so just just steady sharpening the sword, man. Um, even going back, uh, going going back the the second time, the the second time I went uh, did the beat battle at A3C, I lost in the first round again. But um, one of the judges, one of the judges was uh, his name was Easy LP. So um, he's he's pretty much my mentor at this point. Uh, you know, he he liked what even though I lost in the first round, he still liked my music. So uh, we connected there, and um, with his help, I was able to stay on the grind. And um, for those who aren't familiar with EZLP, he uh, he produced Get Money for Junior Mafia. He uh, he did uh, what else did he do? He did uh, he did Iraq for uh, Capone and Noriega. He did Uchi Wiley for Nas. He did uh, Special Delivery for G Dep. Uh, get away from mob deep uh 
what else? He's he's done a he's done a whole bunch of stuff, but he's he's really a part of that bad boy camp. And um, you know, he took me under his wing. You know, he's like, yo, we're gonna make some beats, trying, you know, you know, trying to get me out there. So I, with his help, I was able just to stay on the grind consistently, consistently, uh, still doing the Twitter DMing because you know that was pretty much what to do from uh from that point. But uh, a lot of people started to gravitate, uh, started to gravitate towards my music and. You know, using that six degrees of separation was able to to really connect the dots and really connect with a lot of these artists. And something I still do to this day, for the most part, just grinding it out. That's it. It's amazing how much, though, it's like it's a social media game, but like really proactive. Mm-hmm. It's almost mm-hmm. like the the way you get messages on LinkedIn. Like you got to be yeah. that guy. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. That's for sure. So at what point like do you start twitching? Um, crazy thing. I started switching in February. <laughs> I, I, I started, I started switching in February because, um, I wanted to do it like right whenever COVID started. Um, cause I'm always on Twitch, you know, watching people play, you know, games and stuff like that. But I didn't know, I didn't know the, the, the music circle. Um, if that's, if that's what I didn't know that it was as crazy as it was. Um, shout out to my man Vanderslice. Um, he's a really dope producer also. And, um, you know, he was the first person that like kind of introduced me to, to watching people make beats on Twitch. And, um, that's pretty much how I met like the circle of people, uh, the circle of people that I interact with on Twitch all the time and just six degrees of separation from, uh, from a lot of these people also. Um, but yeah, I've only, I've only been streaming, uh, since February, man. So. Who are the people in the circle of people that you make beats with? Who's the beat maker posse? Um, I'm not personally a part of a posse, but um, the the people that I watch, shout out to my man Soy is real. Um, he's a really dope producer. Um, let me yeah, see. That shout guy out to has Vandal. an interview show called Bridge the Gap, and I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? Because that's what this show's called. I'm that's like, funny. You have, and then he also wears fucking hats like mine and his glasses and shit and i'm like bro what the hell is you know he's, i like it's this the, guy it's the american version it's the american version yeah he's dope um yeah soy is real vander slice um uh shout out to dance like butter uh let me see shout out to dennis versus food um yeah those are like the main people oh, uh my man titanium jones also um yeah, just uh, just a lot of these people and a lot like everybody's from different areas. Like, um, I want to say dance like butters from uh, from uh, he's from Cali. Uh, Soy is real. He's uh, he's from Cali, but he lives in Florida. Vanderslice is from uh, it's from Pennsylvania, uh, so that's like East Coast. Um, you know, I'm in Chicago, so it's just like all of these these networks of people, and none of them are in the same city, but and you know like you yourself you know you're not even from the states you know so it's just stuff like that that is uh that really grabbed made me made me want to stream and made me want to keep streaming okay how do you find people we are finding it wildly difficult to find people on twitch like the search is garbage Mm -hmm. to be honest everybody like legit everybody that i found is from a raid like legit everybody that i found is from a raid so it's like a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll raid the homie and uh, the homie ends up being dope, <laughs> you know? So, um, cause like, usually I don't follow, 
I don't follow on a raid until maybe like an hour into a raid. Like I gotta like really, really, you know, like the person and really be uh really be interested in what they're doing. So everything is really just come everything has really come from a raid, man. Yeah, like Ismail just said, DJs are easy to find but not rappers. Yeah. Like you um, can find and a then, million people with an instrument, mm-hmm. a guitar, piano. They have the exclamation mark covers, and then you get their list of songs, and there's like circuits like that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm finding some rappers don't. Get, there's a lot of freestyle posses, I would call it, mm-hmm. but not like songwriters. I can't find the fucking songwriters on Twitch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The the thing that I have, uh, not even just Twitch, man. The thing that I've realized with a with a lot of like MCs and like write, uh, songwriters and stuff like that. They're usually just in the crib. They don't come outside, if that um, if that makes sense. Um, you know, like they they're usually like in their little cocoon and, and don't interact. You know, and, and that's one of the problems that I'm I'm having as a producer, also just trying to find people. Um, but then you have then you have people like like Ismail Gadamzi who who puts people on and actually enjoys you know enjoys the music and enjoys the vibes and and introduces you know introduces that person to other people people yeah. aren't really like that anymore you know uh, there's a few of them out there but i think we don't so here's my theory i didn't really think people were like that till ismail shows up in my life and like what fucking 2017 he shows up on my yeah. album reviews just appears <laughs> he was mozart mozart back then and he won mm-hmm. my fucking contest that i was doing at the time mm-hmm. and i found out he's in montreal i'm like oh that's fucking that's crazy that's like you know like and yeah. he becomes like my first patron and he's in the city. I'm like, that's wild. That's wild shit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he's clearly here today. We've like actually met at this point. It's fucking cool to think about. It's that's like fire. four fucking years later and shit. You know, Mozart Mozart wasn't a corny name. I like that name. I actually really <laughs> liked Mozart Mozart. Um, but um, yeah, and then he started buying people's music and shit. And I'm like, yo, I wonder how many Ismails are in front of my face. Yeah. And I just, because, yeah, yeah. yo, we got that, like, we got that, like, attitude where this shit doesn't exist, but it clearly exists. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I find, like, we don't look for it. And then now it's like, well, if Ismail exists, there's got to be, like, a hundred Ismails out there. Yeah, facts. And we're, we're, Exactly. And then I wonder, like, how much of it is we don't foster the environments to attract the Ismails. Mm, that's a That's a great point. And that's a great point so like that became a lot more i think anecdotally i watched a lot of people cater to the artists and um i don't think artists knows like we don't always know what the consumer wants or and i don't mean to use the word consumer i'm just like my day job has me use that language but mm-hmm. effectively it's mm-hmm. the same shit the guy coming to your show is a consumer we don't often think consumer centric which would be about like the experience so user experience is like a big passion of mine at work like how to create the ultimate UX because that reduces negative reputation points on your company. So if you have an illass mm. user experience, people love your shit and they net promote that motherfucker. That's the mission, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. I find like a lot of shows are like, they start late because rappers don't want to show up at a certain time. That's mm-hmm. why they start late. It's not because they can't be booked earlier. And I know this cause I've talked to like a lot of people on the subject and that's basically my summation of it is, 
if the guy's not going to show up till nine, why are we going to bother? And I'm like, well, fuck it. Don't book that dude. Book the next dude who will show up at seven kind of thing. You know, anyway, that's just where my head's at with it. But like, we don't really think about it. So a lot of people who might be really like what we're looking for don't know the shit exists because it doesn't exist in a world where they exist. Because the average person like works nine to five and like can't be out Thursday at 11 p.m. and type shit. Like that's some student stuff, which is blessed, but like the greater part of the population is not in university. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. These are the kinds yeah, of things I think sense. about, or even with Twitch. Like I try hard to keep yeah. my shit in like hours where I think people are gonna be awake. Like that is my number mm-hmm. one rule. Is like so. Like I have this guy in Europe. I'm gonna do in November. It's like okay gotta do it at noon so that it's like seven his time and then his audience can be there. like that shit matters you know anyway, i'm just kind of rambling now but yeah no no that makes perfect sense no i'm um because like the thing i, I fight with this all the time like i'm still trying to i'm still fighting myself with uh fighting with it uh for twitch also um i've been trying to figure out i've, I've been trying to balance on how do i how do i find how do I find a bigger space, uh, a bigger space for people, but also still catering to the, still catering to the ones that are here and actually like what I'm, you know, that actually like what I'm doing. Um, because like, I used to think, I used to think like, forget everybody who's, you know, not rocking with my stuff. And I, I'm really here for the ones that support what I'm doing, you know, but I would, but then I would just kind of forget about the the outside world for the most part, if that if that makes sense. So I, I definitely um, I definitely see what you're saying, and that's just an ongoing thing that I'm still trying to figure out. Also, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to like get next level to so the next level of whatever that means. But the one thing I know is it's like the collective is the only way to move. Honestly, like yeah. I've struggled a lot to convince people to go on Twitch for X, Y, Z reasons. I don't know. A lot of people don't even have great internet, so maybe I don't know what I'm talking about sometimes on availability, but, like, it kind of makes it, like, weird. Like, I, I just raid random people. I don't actually have, like, a person that, like, I've linked up with and I'm dedicated to raiding because it just, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. And I just, yeah, you know, how to, like figure that shit out because like you said with these these beat maker squad i see it and then i realized like the freestyler chat people have that shit locked up too and harry mack i think is king of that shit and then like there's a few other ones like thug shells and other names where i and i'm like well i don't really do that but that's lit that they all got that shit kind of on lock like that and it makes me wonder like like what other lanes are there <laughs> for this music yeah. shit, right? Like outside of like, cause I mean the beat maker, like I'm not a beat maker, uh, but we did get a question uh, from Zamanel, who's also another one of them that like, he's just there and big respect in the same vein of people that we pretend maybe don't exist sometimes. Um, but could you speak about the no more free beats thing? What's the story behind this and how do you feel about free beats? Okay. Word. Um, so, I started okay let's let's I'll I'll start with the mindset right I'll, I'll start with the no more freebies mindset right so the the one thing that I was always noticing is especially with rappers um especially with college rappers uh they're cheap 
you know um they're they're super cheap so you would you would pay you would pay your weed man you would pay your engineer you would pay your videographer uh you would pay your graphic designer even though you pay your graphic designer pennies um and the producers always left out you know um so your 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 studio guy you know he's able to pay his rent he doesn't have to work um you know because you're you know you're paying eight hours of studio time um but then like when whenever you're asking for a beat you're asking me to you know give it you know even though it takes me five ten minutes to make a to make a really good beat you know you're asking me to you know give this up so you can go out and go get your itunes money go you know go get your go get your cd money and all that and i'm just left with crumbs so i was just like uh you know that's whenever i started to get into that mindset of just uh of just no more free beats you know like you know give me something you know give me something for my time give me something for my talent give me something for my efforts that's you know i want to pay my rent um but then the thing that the thing that people get confused is whenever i say whenever i say no more free beats people just think it's uh it's a monetary thing um but it's not you know so whenever i say whenever i say no more free beats replace beats replace beats with anything that you're passionate in right and that you that you want to do whenever you're uh, whenever you're older right or whenever what you want to do what you're passionate in, and what you want to you know do for the rest of your life um you know so whenever i say it's not always monetary sometimes it's just a connection um you know sometimes it's an experience uh you know sometimes it's something like that it's not always monetary it's like for example uh for example, shout out, shout out to my, uh, shout out to my homie Lyric Jones. Um, she's a really, really dope MC, and uh, I actually met her at A3C uh, through my man Stess the MC. Shout out to, um, you know, I was, for example, like I would make beats for my for my homie Stess, and um, like he he had a lot of connections of just people that he knew, you know, and just because he he rocked with me, um, he rocked with me. That's my that's my brother, man. I, I love that man. Um, but, uh, he would, you know, he would introduce these other artists to me and be like, yo, his music is dope. Come rock with him, you know? And that's part of the no more free beats. That's the opportunity right there, you know, that I wouldn't have got, you know, hitting the Twitter DM most likely, you know? So, uh, that's pretty much how it all started. And I like rocking stuff. Um, I used to work at Lids. I used to be a manager of Lids for like five years while I was I'm in not, school. Hold on, what's Lids? Oh, what is Lids. It? Oh, sorry. Um, I forgot the states. Um, so Lids is just a hat store. Okay. So uh, that's where you get all your uh, all of your hats from. So I used to be the manager of uh, of one of their stores for like five years. So I will always do custom stuff. We would have custom embroidery. So uh, we would you know do custom hats. You know we could stitch stuff on t-shirts. So off the clock sometimes on the clock i would make custom stuff for me um you know whether it was just like my uh like my name on a hat or you know a logo or something like that so i was like yo i think i can monetize off this just a little bit you know so um so I, that's pretty much where the brand came from and uh that was it man so so long story short that's that's, that's really it wild. Or long story long <laughs> i'm really into four words as a brand name that can really like connect like those like maybe not four words but those little like short snippets that can like 
connect with people and just sell without yeah. you. Like that's to me, that's gold. That's a golden thing. Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate sure. your distinction in free because I'm all about free yeah. beats. Like I, I throw up quotation because yeah. like I work out, I, I at the very least have a relationship with everybody I've ever gotten a free beat from. So I don't know if it's really mm. free at that point. Exactly. But like, yeah. And then, and then, you know, those, those people that'll, that'll hit the Instagram DM and be like, uh, be like, yo, you know, can I get some beats? And just like, can I get a, a bag? I don't know you sort of thing, you know? And that's the thing with me too. I don't, uh, I, I don't put my beats on beat stars or I don't really put anything on YouTube or anything like that because I um I try to have a relationship or some sort of relationship or rapport with uh with somebody that I'm you know doing music with you know I, I would hate to have uh I would hate to have like the worst rapper in the world rapping on my beat because it's a waste of a beat because nobody's gonna hear it you know yeah I appreciate that a lot I think it's cool yeah. on the other hand I don't know how many like you you're doing like a beat a day is that like your challenge right now it was at one point and and life life got ahead of me so so um i used to do that like i started i started doing a beat a day like probably like 2018 um i could keep it up i could keep it up for about four months um i keep it up for about four months and i would kind of trail off you know so it just started being i, I make them when i make them for the most part so because nowadays i really only make beats on twitch you know so which which is the crazy part you know why do you say that that's that's the time that's the well um, whenever i'm out at my day job that's the i know i have this time to make beats if that if that makes sense i know i'm making beats when i'm on stream so uh so that's the that's the time that i know i'm i know i'm going to be in the lab like sometimes sometimes i can make like one or two off stream uh one or two off stream but it's really like that's the that's the main time and then i like the pressure of of having people watching um of having people watching knowing and then um i know you're not a beat maker but uh i know some people in the chat probably might understand this also um as you know as somebody who does a lot of samples and somebody who makes a lot of beats and stuff there will be some beats that like i'll start on and then if i was by myself um you know five minutes ten minutes into it if i'm not feeling it i can just scrap it all together but um you know being on stream and uh seeing the chat you know say hey maybe if you do such and such maybe this will work or maybe they just like the beat it'll let me not scrap it and it'll just let me keep going until i eventually get something that i personally like yeah i definitely empathize with that situation i always the pressure of having to perform Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i started writing songs on stream and it's mm -hmm. different it's definitely because like you also can't be slow that was the other part i realized yo the stream is awful if you get like writer's block like you you gotta yeah. like figure that shit out and move it on so that it like stays alive and i'm like okay this is a whole other vibe but then like off cam i'm like faster now and i'm like mm -hmm. but, but i feel like the pressure is like wildly cool like even the interview yeah. like we're live right now i know there's people mm -hmm. watching i can't fuck up i mean they might yeah. but like i can't you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um, exactly good question that we got from ismail again has a sample request improved your skills 
sample request is improved. Well, this is the perfect question for him because he supplied me with so many uh, with so many sample requests because he's got the channel points for it. Um, yeah, it, it definitely has because uh, especially like with somebody like him, it could be a song that I've never heard of. Um, and then I the that goes along with the pressure. Um, you know, some some people might give me, you know, an off the wall sample or something like that, that, you know, may not may not work to a normal person. But the pressure of uh, the pressure of not wanting to give somebody their channel points back will, uh, you know, will help me make it, you know, because the thing about it, I uh, like I said, I've been streaming since February. I might I may have figured out maybe like three weeks ago, how to refund channel points anyway. So um, I didn't know how to do it at first. And I'm, you know, I can keep it that way. So I'll just, you know, the pressure of just, you know, doing that and, and having people watch you make the sample and, and or make the beat from the sample, you know, really, really helps out. Yo, I got a question there. What are yeah. your channel point rewards? Um. Okay, so I have, I don't know the numbers, but the, the uh, what they are, um, I have a, a hat change. Uh, I have hat change because I have like at least 50 million hats. Um, I have the sample request. I have the 10 minute challenge where I have to uh, where I have to find a sample, make a beat in 10 minutes. Um, I also have the freestyle uh, channel points. Uh, so you know, while I'm making the beat, you know, throw a little freestyle out there, or something like that. Try to keep it 16 to 32 bars. That's where I feel like I've done my job. Um, what else do I have? You know, you have your regular water break, but those are like the the main the main ones that uh, that I do to keep my to keep my stuff going. So All right. let me ask you another question because I'm terrible at this part. Discord, you have a Discord. My Discord is trash, bro. If you it's think like, your Discord is trash, come look at how trash my Discord is. <laughs> send me the invite. I will yeah, because not because it's um I probably just got into Discord maybe two months ago. Um, cause I, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about it until I got on Twitch, honestly. Um, I would hear like some YouTubers say it every now and then, but it's not on the level yeah. that it is for Twitch. Um, so it's just finding the time to figure out how to have like the different categories and actually, you know, be involved, uh, trying to do all of that, making sure the bots are working correctly and, uh, bots, and stuff eh? like that. I yeah. don't have a single bot on my Twitch. Oh, on my Discord, sorry. sorry. No, my Twitch, I have bots. On my Discord, I don't yeah. have any. I'm like, you said there's bots I need to have. Fuck my life. Yeah. that's There's bots that I still need to have. Because, like, my thing is, <sighs> like, it, it's funny because, like, I'm, I'm no more free beats, but I try to find everything free. So um, as far as, like, the bots and stuff like that. So just making sure I have all of that to make my life go easier. But my, my Discord is, is pretty, pretty boo-boo. So. I realized it's like, okay, so Facebook has Facebook groups. And that's really what you're trying to be pushing for if you're on Facebook, because everything else is trash on Facebook. But your groups is like where your people be at. Yeah. Um, and then for the rest of the Internet, there's Discord. And yeah. that's the Facebook group of everything else. And yeah. I spend so much time on Facebook and never clicked that like people weren't on Facebook until like this year when I learned mm -hmm. that, like, how the fuck do you do this on Instagram? And I'm like dying. Like, I can't figure out how yeah. to like think fully in a lot of these like ways to translate some of my ideas so like mm -hmm. i feel like discord is like really important now as there's a decentralization of social media across the fan bases yeah like, if you're yeah. on a, if you're on a twitch 
you're dealing with people on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok and everything at the same time, right? Like, it's not like you can pick one of these. It's like you got to find a way to get them out of, like, a new place is what I'm realizing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that 100%. Yeah. Do you TikTok? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yo, do you put your beats on TikTok so not the rappers all. can rap not on Not at all. Beats? Thinking about it, but, um... Well, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm, it's for one, if I started, if I started, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to keep it up. Like, cause it, it took me a second. It even took me a second to get on Instagram. Um, cause I was, I was so big on Twitter, but, um, you know, but yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm straight. I'll, I'll let, I'll let the, uh, I'll let, I'll let the kids keep that. Yeah, Zamanel just said, Holden remembers that Discord exists about once a week. And I'm like, not even that. <laughs> I'm a little better because Zamanel started DMing me and I started chatting with him. So now I was like, I keep it open more and I'm looking at it. But like, I'll be honest, I don't know what to say. Like, I, exactly. am I like really the, hey guys, good morning. And I'm like, is that who I am? And I don't know if that's what I need to be and stuff. And I haven't figured it out. I haven't figured out like, that shit and yeah i don't know i'm going to because you kind of need to but like yeah. um it's like a whole new habit that's what i realized and then i'll get and then also like sometimes i'll say something and then nobody says anything and then i'm mad at it and, and then i know i'm the guilty one because he's, he's not wrong there were weeks where like i would keep discord closed for like because i because you re- didn't launch with my computer so I'd restart my computer mm-hmm. and then the little discord icon is not on my taskbar. And then, and then I see like my discord thing pop up and I'm like, Oh fuck me. And then I'll see a message from like seven days ago. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm yeah, the yeah. worst discord person, um, ever, but not really ever, but it's like, but I realized it cool. Cause like I've seen like the more successful Twitch channels have like active discords and they all do it. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, and then I realized about a week or two ago, you could do shit like watch movies and shit in your Discord, and it would be like yeah. avoid all the copyright concerns. And I'm like, shit, mm-hmm. I want to do stuff like that. Anyway, yeah, shout shout out to my man Vanderslice. Uh, we we watch AEW wrestling, uh, like all all on his Discord channel, like three days a week. So so yeah, I understand completely. You what's uh? So are you excited at the direction AEW is taking wrestling? Yes, bro. Cause nobody likes WWE, bro. It's um, I'm I'm good. Cause like the thing about it is uh, is uh, I'm a I'm a really big fan of Jay Cargill. Like that's that that's Bay. Um, and through her, through her, that's whenever I got introduced to AEW, and it kind of just gave me that that love of watching wrestling again. You know, um. Cause like whenever I was a kid, you know, the whole attitude era and all that stuff, that's, that was the, that was the thing that we will always watch. And then like high school, college, I just kind of got off of it. But, um, I just like, just AEW just kind of brought my, my love and fandom for, uh, for wrestling back. So, so I love it. It's not even just you. I, I think AEW figured out how to just do this. Like every single wrestling head I know done they're on it and then they all like new japan and then new japan and is working mm-hmm. with aew and then I'll, i don't watch any of it but i have that many friends yeah. into wrestling that like i'm yeah. totally up to date with it homeboy like i interviewed him 
his fucking like song is like a theme song to one of these wrestlers, the Sir Tizzy dude. And I'm like, That's say fire. a fucking word. Like it, it's pretty cool how like they keep it authentic with their shit. Yeah. Oh. That's dope. For sure. Yeah, man, because like I um like I said, it's like with the with the WWE, it's like their Vince McMahon is just like on a I don't know, bro. He's like a dictator at this point as far as like what he's trying to do to the company and nobody likes what he the direction that he's taking it. You know, but then uh but then with AEW, it's just like they're letting the wrestlers be themselves and they're still, you know, having good, great matches, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I'm, I'll am i inevitably watch wrestling again. It's probably not my biggest priority now, but I get excited that everyone else gets excited by it. Like, I feel like there's such an opportunity for wrestling podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But, um, yep. So like, what's coming next for you over the next like little bit? Uh, what is next for me, man? Um, getting a re uh, what's the word? Just making my switch, uh, making my switch better. Um, working, uh, working, you know, still grinding with beats. I've already dropped about four EPs uh, with different artists this year already. So um, just keeping that going. And uh, keep grinding. I made these on Twitch Volume Six, dropping that next week. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Yeah, and um, I'm picking up the pen, picking up the pen again. So I'm um, trying to get some stuff written. Trying to, I'm gearing for like maybe like a January, February like EP release or something like that. But um, just grinding, man, and just trying to get better. Work with work with bigger artists and just sharpening the sword and just making dope beats. Um. You know, getting the YouTube better also. Just trying to find any way I can monetize off of, off of making the music and just, you know, sharpening the sword. Yeah, I appreciate that hustle. I don't know if y'all have other questions out there, too, just before, you know, because, like, if you have any more, you've had some, you got good questions this time around. Normally, I'm, like, not getting For sure. Questions. I appreciate everybody in the chat, man. Like, these guys watch you is what I'm saying. <laughs> or Buy it. Dope. I appreciate y'all. Um, but that that's like it's a good it's a good vibe. I I've definitely peeped some of your stuff. I'm not gonna lie, you raid somebody, and the last thing you really really want to do is sit there in your chair, and you know sometimes you want to, but sometimes you also. Yeah. I'm like you're like loafing there for like ten minutes. Um, mm -hmm. so can you talk about the No More Free Beats show? Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Like this, like I said, I, I try to do so much stuff, I forget about stuff. Um, No More Free Beats show. Um, it's coming back Thursday. I took like a three week break because I've been working crazy. But um, no more freebie show is really just a um, it's just the evolution of my my college show. So um, you know, whenever I was doing college radio, I was actually scared to uh, I was scared to DJ. So uh, I would just you know play music back to back or whatever with no mixing. But uh, with the no more freebie show, it's a weekly show that I do. Um, we play all new music. Um, no old school music. We play all new music. So, um, you know, if it's uh, uh, popular, unpop uh, popular underground, uh, anything. If it's dope, we're playing it, man. So it's an hour radio show on YouTube, and um, you know, I try to I try to play as many underground artists as I can, and I put them next to popular artists to show 
to show people that are listening to it that these local these local underground artists can hang with any of these popular artists also. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a weekly show that I do, and um, it's it's starting to pick up. The the YouTube is starting to pick up. I'm trying to get to a thousand a thousand subs by the end of the year. Uh, last time I checked, I'm at eight fifty. So yeah. uh, you know, if y'all wanna you know if y'all wanna subscribe over there, go ahead. But um, yeah, I try to. Um, I'm gonna do it for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a really, really dope show. I, I love doing it because, um, like I said, I, the one thing the one thing about me, I just love trying to put people on. That's my thing I'm, um, because I'm I just love music. I'm, I'm just a fan of music. And I feel like anybody who's making music and who's talented should be able to get their stuff out there. You know, so if I if I never pop, if I never pop when it comes to to making beats, I, I still want to be a vehicle for somebody else to, to pop and, and provide for, for them and theirs, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I love the show. Yeah, for sure. Um, and next question is from Salmonel. Uh, your favorite producers of the past and the present? Got you. Um, uh, these, these producers um, that I'll name, uh, no specific order, are the ones that really shake my sound, and I love listening to them. Um, Kanye, of course, uh, Jay Dilla, of course, um, Mad Lib, Pete Rock, Knotts, uh, High Tech, uh, let me see who else, man, uh, DJ Premier, the Neptunes, um, let me see who else, man, uh, Alchemist, uh, Harry Fraud, um, Derringer, uh, who else, man? Those are just the ones I can name just off the top of my head. They're like, I constantly, I constantly, constantly listen to. Um, but if I, but out of all those, if I did like a top five, um, Kanye, Neptunes, uh, Pete Rock, Jay Dilla, Madlib. Those are my five. That's dope. Next question from Ismail. Man, they're both in like, you got questions coming, man. Sometimes Fire. I throw this Keep out and like, it's crickets. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> so let's move. And then right. everyone knows that nobody has questions. Anyway, right. what would you say will be the next trend in hip hop production wise? And this is from Ismail. <clears throat> um, definitely no drums. Definitely no drums. Uh, uh, hardcore no drums. rap with no drums. Hardcore rap with no drums. So that's like anything like the new stuff that the out. Yeah, no, no, it's it's annoying. Um, it's it's I get an I got annoyed really easy. I went to a show, I went to a show like a couple months ago, and it was four hours of hardcore raps, hardcore raps with no drums. Really, really annoying. So like uh, so whenever I talk about this, this is like stuff that the alchemist does stuff that like rock marciano does um it's just like griselda sort of situation sometimes but with no um, drums yeah with no drums just uh just a sample chop no drums yeah that that's how i feel that's the, i feel like that's what the trend is on the underground level like the super underground level but if i'm just talking about uh if i'm just talking about music as a whole i think I'll give it, I'll give it maybe like a year and a half, two years. I think people, uh, especially with rap, uh, people with actual talent, uh, people with actual talent will start to eventually come back. 
Um, it might be like on some on some trappish sort of uh, sort of beats, but I think people with actual talent are uh, are going to be are going to be coming back because people are starting to get annoyed. I feel like people are starting to get annoyed with the with the fluff that is uh, that is coming out with music, and I think people are going to start coming back to to the realer side of things. I definitely agree with that. I also, yeah. um, I think the the more emotion people get off on emotion from what I see with the kids. So like that authenticity yeah. and emotion. I also think EDM has a huge power. I think a lot of electronic yeah. shit. Like if Nas dropped an EDM album, it would fuck people up. I don't think he would. It would. But if he did <laughs> and he did it well, it would fuck people up. Yeah. Uh, but which artists should we be on the lookout for in 2021 and 2022? And this is from Zamina. Um, okay, I'll give you, let me see, I'll give you R&B, I'm a big R&B guy and I'm a big hip-hop guy, right? So, um, I think with hip-hop, let's see, because I listen to so much music, I had to pinpoint who should, uh, you know, who you should really be listening to. Um, look out for me, not playing. Um, let me see. Uh, I can't think. Um, okay, so for R&B, R&B, I would really say I'll give you two artists who are really gonna uh, who are really gonna shake it up um, next year. Uh, Victoria Monet. Um, Victoria Monet is always super super dope. Uh, she has a record called Coasting. Um, that's that came out probably about a month or two ago. That's really good. Uh, also Joyce Rice um, from Cali. Um, she she's super dope when it comes to R and B, hip hop, hip hop. I'm really because like if I if I give you hip hop, it's gonna be like underground. Let me see. Let me give me two seconds. I'm gonna open up iTunes and just scroll through somebody who's gonna be hot. Cause like I listen to I listen to music like whenever I do my show, I uh like every Tuesday and Wednesday I legit look for new music all of the time. So let me see. I'm going. I'm scrolling through right now. Nothing's really sticking out. Um, I just give you. I'll do this. I just give you some of the artists that I'm working with to look out for. So um, shout out uh, cause it. I feel. I feel like the the pop. Um, shout out to my man UFO Thief. Um, he signed to Fat Joe right now. Um, he just came out with a project. Uh. He just came out with uh with a project this month called The Most High. Um, and also he came out with a project with my man Vanderslice uh, a couple months ago called The Enigma of Dolly. Um, he's really dope. Uh shout out to my man Red Infinite, same crew. Uh we just came out with a project last month called A Kid from Queens. Uh let me see, some other MCs that are really dope. Uh my man Bub Rock. Uh he just came out with the album called Thanks for Sharing. And uh like he he has drumless rap that I actually like. Um, like he's really dope. Uh Rock Marciano, uh, he enjoys his he says he enjoys his music a lot, so he's getting bigged up by a lot of people. Um, yeah, man. Uh can't really think of there's a whole bunch of artists, especially that I'm working with that are that are super dope. Uh shout out to my man Jay Larry. Uh we did a project, uh couple months ago super dope um just i don't know just with a lot of rap it's a lot to look out for but r&b definitely victoria monet definitely choice rise 
Salmonel wrote down all their names. Say what? <clears throat> Salmonel wrote down all their names. So oh, they see? Pop up in the video now. Shout out Salmonel. Perfect. But yeah, Perfect. I, I appreciate yeah. that. You definitely have a cool perspective on a lot of this shit, and you've definitely got a lot of like grind in you. I respect the like tenure of everything you've done. Like you're Thank what you. two decades deep, no problem. Pretty much, yeah. Like I'm, I'm 29, and like, like I said, I've been, I've been grinding at this since 07. So it's just. Just forward progression, man. Like, I, I knew what I wanted to do in high school. Like, I, I knew I wanted to, to be involved in, in music in some sort of way, whether it's emceeing or, or producing. Um, but really just really just trying to put people on and just grind it out, man. That's that's all I know how to do. So I appreciate it. I appreciate that, too. And I like, I like the fact that you're taking it seriously and you're willing to fuck with the Twitch world and be digital with it and, and like, really pursue it like that. Um, I think that's cool. Like, I mean, that's how I see the future going. Like in more yeah, of this world, sure. just because it, it like practically sure. makes more sense for a lot of people. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, that's dope. Um, y'all better make sure to follow Mr. Backpack Beats. Um, Word, man. Yeah, cause like I appreciate you coming through. I feel like nah, I appreciate you for having me, bro. Like I um, this is this is super dope. I haven't. I'm usually the person doing the interviews. I I'd never get interviewed. I think my last interview was probably maybe four years ago, you know, so it's weird being on this side, but I, I really appreciate it. Man. Yeah. I, I can empathize with that. When I get interviewed, I don't know how to fucking behave and I'm really shit. I'm a shitty person to interview. I'm not good at questions and behaving. Um, <laughs> I feel like that. I feel but like, uh, with that, um, not nah, for me, it's like a blessing. Like, I get to meet people, like, learn shit, like, drumless beats. I'm like, fucking A. That sounds nifty. That's something I could rock with. Um, you know, if it's going to be hot, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that, yeah. Because yeah. I was I always, like, I always thought it was wild how, like, you would, you would be, like, at an open mic or something. And, like, a, the they would wait for the drums to kick in. And if it was, like, 48 yeah. seconds, I'm like, yo, you could have rapped on that shit. Like, they're, they're, yeah, you know, like yeah. there's, there's still like a beat within the music that isn't drums, right? Like you can mm -hmm. rap on a piano loop, like you don't need it, you know? Like, yeah. So uh, that sounds cool to me because it's really like, yo, when you get like the like Evanescence song where the drums only kick in like fucking two thirds of the way I've done right. It's like fucking wicked. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That was a cool thing to learn. Like just that alone blew my fucking mind a little bit. And then just seeing yeah. the grind and the fact that you open your job over here, like just pushing it in, like that shit's mad inspiring. I, I respect that no hustle doubt. a lot. So yeah, I definitely I appreciate, it, appreciate you sharing all that with us too. You know, helping us get them knowledge nuggets and shits. Definitely want to link up. You know, talk some more off cam. And uh, sure. all I have to say, thank y'all for watching too. I appreciate y'all with the live. All y'all watching in the YouTubes and whatever's in the future, make sure that you're appreciated too. But also like, follow, subscribe, comment, all that good shit. Links in description. Y'all know what it is. And um, yeah, I don't know if you have any final words for the folks out there. Um, I mean, shoot, I appreciate y'all for for tuning in and listen to uh, listen to me answer some long winded questions. Um, you know, um, follow me on, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, back underscore pack underscore beats with a Z. Um, if you can't remember that, just hashtag backpack season. You will see me. Um, make sure you tune into the stream. I stream every Tuesday and Friday. 
I'm getting back to the regular stream, our uh, regular stream next week. Um, and then especially on Instagram, uh, the goal of every stream that I do, um, I have, I have to, I have to make at least five bangers. We usually make anywhere from seven to eight, but five of them have to be a certified banger. So on my Instagram, I do Twitch tapes. I do a series called Twitch tapes. So those five bangers that I make, I post them on my Instagram. So definitely stay tuned in over there. See what I got going on. Subscribe to the YouTube, trying to get to a thousand. Uh, and that's it, man. I, I appreciate y'all for, for rocking with me and, and rocking with real music. Cause a lot of people don't do that nowadays. Yeah, I appreciate y'all too, for real. Thank you. That was a good outro. But y'all live long and fucking prosper, everybody. Take care. Hold on, I can't. I can't do it. Hold on, I can't do it. Let me see. <laughs> there we go. I got you. <laughs>